put the kettle on. It's time for some F&T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to FTNA's F&T Time, a podcast and video series aimed at keeping the industry connected and updated. Today's episode of F&T Time focuses on the importance of choosing fit-for-purpose timbers when manufacturing a quality offside engineered products. Whilst we are focusing on frame and truss manufacturers, it is important to remember that everyone along the supply chain plays a critical role in ensuring that products or services are delivered to customers in a safe, ethical and sustainable manner. Each person or organisation involved in the supply chain can impact the quality, safety and environmental impact of the final product. Therefore, it is important for everyone to take responsibility for their actions and work together to achieve common goals, and that is delivering fit-for-purpose products. Unfortunately, there are often too many breaks in the supply chain, which can result in an entire industry being impacted. For example, for our sector, one fall affects us all. And for this reason, we must ensure everyone within our supply chain is taking the necessary steps to guarantee we're only using fit-for-purpose timbers. We all know how hard it was over the past few years with the timber shortage, and as timber supply tightened through our usual suppliers, we literally had new importers and suppliers coming out of the woodwork. Fabricators who were desperate for timber would call or email me providing certificates which claimed to demonstrate the structural properties of the timber, but who really knows how to read these technical certificates? I definitely don't. If the product doesn't meet the claims, then it is not fit for purpose. A fabricator cannot simply say that they thought or they were told the timber was fit for purpose and that they had a certificate to show that it was had the relevant structural properties. It means absolutely nothing. Because as a fabricator, you are liable for all future damages resulting from a fall if you use non-compliant, non-fit-for-purpose timber. Every fabricator uses engineered software supplied by MyTech Multinoa Prida. If you're using this software, then you have been trained in how to use the software. One of the lessons you would have learned was the importance of ensuring the right timber was selected in the engineered software. You cannot simply choose a substitute timber if what you are looking for is not there. If you do choose an alternative timber, then you are not only using the engineered software incorrectly, but you're also ensuring your warranty is null and void, and if there is a fall, you will be personally held responsible and could face criminal charges. Our three nail plate companies test the timber to ensure it has the correct JD ratings, that it can handle the loads, and is fit for purpose. Therefore, if it is not in the software, I repeat, you cannot use it. Today, we are joined by three engineers to discuss further. We have Tim Rossiter from MyTech, David Zhang from Multinail, and Nick Hugh from Prida. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Kirsten. Kirsten. Thanks, Kirsten. So, Tim, could you give um, our F&T Time listeners an overview about the engineered software that the three of you provide our um, timber frame and trust manufacturers? Sure. So, the software we provide creates structurally safe trusses and that's how the code views it. We have to create something that is structurally sound. There are a bunch of criteria about how we achieve that. So the software has to tick a few boxes. One is it has to be independently certified. So we all get an independent certification of the software calculations, the algorithms and stuff that's in there. We have to ensure that we have trained um, users and we have to have the software operate within a scope that says you're going to use it within this box with an auto tick. Outside of that box, size of building, type of building, etc., you need to get it independently certified by one of us uh, as engineers. Now, the calculations, etc., internally is 
really where the discussion today is around what do we use? We use properties from materials to do those calculations. How strong is something to pull apart in tension, to squash it in compression, uh, to bend it in bending? And all of those properties are material properties. We simply plug those numbers into the front end, the calculations are done, and the results come out the back end. So the calculations internally are independently certified and audited, uh, but we do definitely rely on getting the right information at the front to ensure that the calculations that then produce the result are correct at the end. So, Tim, can I just just to clarify there, so the, the software that the three of you provide is actually engineered, recognised software. So there are some, say, some that do their software, but their software is not engineered, recognised and has to get certified later. Can you explain the difference between that, please? Okay, so in in our circumstance used it within those three criteria i said before a fabricator can use our software the output is certified and compliant to the australian standard there are other materials that create outputs that have to be then certified job by job because the software itself is not certified so that has to be overviewed by an engineer on every job and certified in every case so just to clarify, David, every timber frame and truss manufacturer has to use this engineered software to create a quality engineered off-site products. Are they provided training? Yeah, correct. Um, I think um, uh, team summarised very well um, with the last questions. All the um, frame and truss manufacturers have to use nail-plated company software to design the nail-plated structure elements. So, for example, roof trusses or uh, metal timber webbed floor joists. We three companies follow the um, ABCB, which is the Australian Building Code Board software protocol. This is the protocol rules out all the uh, structure requirements, all the uh, key requirements for our program. So part of the requirement is the training of the user. So we provide ongoing updated training for our um, users to understand every aspect of the software. So it is also required by the software protocol Anyone who questioning their uh, ability, they can contact the uh, Nowplay software um, provider just to entry their um, uh, ID or training records. They can be retrieved from our training record database, either online or via request. Fantastic. Thank you. So, Nick, can you explain what testing is undertaken for timber before it gets entered into the engineered software? What are you looking for? Sure. So, so nail plate testing is not actually unique to LVL. Um, so, it also applies to sawn timber like pines and hardwoods, uh, especially imported species. Ultimately, what we're testing for is the characteristic load capacity of the teeth itself, which make up our nail plates. We also test for steel capacity, which uh, can vary between different nail plate steel thicknesses. But testing for steel is by far less cumbersome compared to teeth, uh, especially for the obvious reasons, uh, being the variety of timber that we use in our industry. The testing itself uh, involves nail plated specimens with specialized test nail plates orientated in different directions. So testing for roof truss applications with timber on edge is uh, different to when you're testing for a floor truss when the timber is on flat. So this is yet another consideration when it comes to testing LVL for um, something like floor trusses since the teeth are embedded into the edge of the LVL rather than the face veneers. So LVL is actually a little bit unique in that there is no standard grade as, as Tim mentioned before. So the specifications that mandate properties like the veneer thicknesses and the, how many quantities of veneers that make up the the material itself is not actually codified. So it depends on different manufacturers. Uh, there's not even a, a minimum benchmark for the mechanical properties that we can rely on. So 
um, unlike other EWPs like Lulan. This is why an LVL product of the same designation, such as LVL 13 from one manufacturer, can differ widely from another one, uh, from a different source or a different supplier. Uh, and while we take nail plate testing so seriously to ensure that our customers can generate compliant designs with the correct material in our respective software packages. So, Nick, the three of you have different softwares. Can that one test work for all three of you? No, it can't because uh, each of our nail plates are slightly uniquely different. So the, the tooth density, um, the, even the nail plate sizes and the, the length of the teeth, how they're formed. So while, while it may look like a nail plate, just a bit of punch metal, there is, some, there is actually some unique characteristics involved in each of our three nail plates. And that just, I suppose, reiterates that a timber company or another company can't go out and just do the testing and saying, yes, we meet the criteria, it has to go through the three of you individually. Is that correct? Absolutely. And um, does anyone else want to jump in as well? Only if I could underline absolutely and put it in. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. I just want to add, it, this is not, not something that, you know, we've, the three companies got together and said, we're going to do this. This is just, unfortunately, just the, the way that our nail plates are, are being manufactured and they've been gone through a, a process for many, many years. Um, and if and if we had a standardised nail plate, then then, yeah, sure, we could certainly do it. But unfortunately, we don't. Yeah, 100%. So, Tim, if, if one timber company has had tested 9035 LVL, just as an example, and that's in the software, can a fabricator simply choose another LVL, like if theirs isn't in, hasn't been tested and isn't in the software? No. So simple answer is no. Reality is, as Nick was saying before, every LVL is a recipe. LVL is a description. It's like saying a cake is a cake they're different. The the laminates are different. The species of the materials are different. Uh, you'll find some LVLs that are consistent species all the way through. You'll some find some LVL where they have a different species on the outer to the inner uh, layers. You'll see some LVLs that have banding where you have alternating materials as they go through the LVL. The LVL producer creates a particular recipe for their benefit. So they have particular properties they're chasing. They have a particular um, source of material that they're getting from, and then they develop a recipe that optimizes that. In other words, 90 by 35 is a section size and LVL is a cake. So you can't just say, I'll take a 90 by 35 cake and use it anywhere. It doesn't work. Over the, the recent times, you'll find the LVL manufacturers have even been more careful about their branding to try and remove the numbers. So you'll find things like E-beam or um, Dindus beam or et cetera, et cetera. And we're, they're trying really hard to make it more obvious that they're not the same, that you can't just take uh, LVL 15 and use LVL 15 from supply A, B and C because it doesn't actually mean the same thing. Unreal. So, so David, what are the consequences if a fabricator does substitute one timber for another? Does it does it affect the job, or does it make their warranty null and void, for example? Oh, of course, um, for sure. The worst consequence when they're substituting a an AVL an LVL with another that they, it will cause a failure of that particular structural element. So, by saying if people putting an LVL in a roof truss, that can potentially cause the roof truss to deflect more or, or fail of the nail plates or any um, uh, mechanical property failure of this particular LVL member. Like uh, the other two mentioned, because LVLs are proprietary product, they do manufacture with different material, different glue bounding, and different thickness of the veneer. Their mechanical properties are different. So simply, you just cannot substitute one with the other without any authorizations. It will compromise the structural integrity of the, um, the job, 
and also um, the structural integrity of the roof system. Again, like it will even be classified as a non-conforming product if some of the LVL, they put it in the uh, structure is non-conforming LVL. This straight away leads to the, uh, a result that your roof truss is a non-conforming product. Um, therefore, the warranty will be void due to this mishandling. It is essential to, very essential to adhere to the uh, our now play um, manufacturers manufacturing guidelines to ensure the validity of the um, warranty coverage. Just please do not substitute without um, uh, any um, uh, further guidance on the uh, LVR members. So just to be clear there, David, mm. if they put in the wrong timber and they, they choose a timber that is not being tested, yeah. their warranty is null and void and they will be held responsible and could face criminal charges if there is a collapse. Exactly. Okay. So, Nick, what should frame and trust manufacturers do if they are told by a timber company that, that it is tested? So if they go to buy some 9035 LVL as an example and they've been told that it does suit and then it's not in the engineered software, what should a fabricator do? Well, that's probably the, the the first hint. If it's not in the software, if a particular brand of LVL does not appear in your software, then chances are it has not been tested yet. No matter what the actual supplier says, not all LVLs can be used for both roof and floor trusses, as I mentioned earlier. So this depends on whether it had been tested for one or the other. There are many occasions where an LVL supplier might only want to release a particular product for roof truss applications and not necessarily for floor trusses. Um, this is a requirement that's really coming from their end and not necessarily from the nail plate company. So really the best thing to do is to contact your nail plate supplier, um, get the information directly from the source because they're the ones that are controlling the testing. Um, we can let you know whether the product has uh, undergone testing yet or if it hasn't, uh, and if so, when it might be available in the software packages for you to use. So, Nick, could you explain if somebody has used it? So we've had an, an issue recently, which um, FTMA members have been alerted to. If a fabricator has used an LVL in a trust job that, that is not in the software, can you explain what the what we as an industry have to do moving forward? From from a job-by-job perspective um it's if the product hasn't been tested that presents a a really broad opportunity for us to actually use that as an example to say look there's a lot of rectification that could actually occur with something like that so it might involve um looking at all the jobs that that the particular customer has um has produced with that lvl uh, and rechecking all of the nail plate designs um, for those particular trusses that have the lvl itself in some cases, it might be okay, but in other cases, if it warrants rectification, that can be a costly process, especially if a job's already, you know, completed and covered. So it can it can be a real mess sometimes, depending on uh, what stage it is. The best case scenario is to um, get the testing done as soon as possible, and that way that'll help us um, through that remediation process um, much faster than if we had absolutely no properties to go on. We have no idea what the LVL is doing. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends on the certain the situation, I suppose. And, Tim, can I ask if, if someone suspects a non-conforming building product is being sold, is there anything that they can do about it? Apart from not buy it. So, number one, don't buy it. Yep. Uh, number two, I would suggest they refer to the seller and remind them of their responsibilities. Uh, and number three, if they find it has been used by somebody, you should inform them to say, you've used this not in accordance, uh, be aware you are now, your risk profile has been dramatically changed. As Nick said, the circumstance could be that nobody knows whether the LVL is any good or not. So for goodness sake, don't load the roof or the floor because we have no idea how the material is going to perform. 
until it's been tested, we don't even know where to start. So the simplest answer is take it out, replace it, which means replacing trusses. The more complicated answer is wait till enough testing has been done to work out what the capacities are so the design can be rechecked to say that it is okay or not okay. And if it's not okay, what recommend, uh, what rectification will be required? So uh, if you become aware of it, it's a big deal and you should allow many people, as you know, know that it's a big deal because the the risk profile for the individual, uh, for the certifier, for the builder is huge. There is no backstop here. 100%. And, and especially as an industry, when we look at it, I mean, we've just had the Victorian government announce they're moving their closure of the native forest industry forward six years. So that, that takes a lot of our hardwood out of our industry. Um, so there's going to be a lot more need for some of the LBLs. So David, looking forward, you know, from a fabricator's point of view, it is really important just to reiterate and finish off here, how important is it for fabricators to actually use the right um, timber when they're using the software? Oh, well, first of all, the fabricators need to understand their responsibility in the entire supply chain and the manufacturing chain. And uh, like doing other businesses, um, if they don't take their responsibility seriously, surely all the decisions they made, they need to face the consequence of it. Uh, you need to buy all the compliant products and also making sure the product you are manufacturing is not non-conforming. Because if you're using a non-conforming product in your uh, manufacturing chain or production line, no matter how well you, you wiped it in the end, it is a non-conforming product in, uh, in, as, as a result. So for the fabricators, making sure you always stick with your um, normal uh, supplier and making sure you are aware of their supply issues. Like if they are in the shortage, they normally will give you a heads up. Say, for example, I'm going to have a, a shortage time for this particular grade of LVL in this particular size. Um, you need to do your own homework to making sure how you're going to go through this uh, next two, two months of uh, a tough period. And also, um, worthwhile, just don't put all the eggs in one basket, making sure you all source differently from different areas. And then you always have a backup plan. So just don't uh, assume, like do not assume, oh, this is uh, look, this, this product look good, or this guy gave me a piece of paper that looks legit. Um, just don't assume. If, you, if you're in a doubt, always ask an expert, ask an engineer, ask any nail play suppliers. They will, they will help their uh, they will help you with their best um, gesture to making sure all your products are, are right and they are fit for purpose. The, the the timber companies go through so much. You know the 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 those timber companies that do the right thing, it, it costs them a lot of money to make sure that everything is tested. Yeah. And 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 they they put that investment into their product. And as we, I suppose, as we rely more on imports as an industry going forward, we're going to have to be more aware of ensuring that these properties are there. Um, Nick, I understand during the pandemic there was some fabricators that imported their own timber. Again, if, if a fabricator is importing their own timber, they still have to go through the process of having it tested with the nail plate company. Is that correct? Uh, that's a, that, that, Well, firstly, that is correct, but that's actually even a worse scenario because most of the time, most of the time, the, the fabricator has no idea where to actually start to get um, compliance with the LVLs. So, so they're already on a back foot to begin with, and then they expect the nail plate companies to help them, and then we obviously do as much as we can, but we, we don't go through that LVL compliance process. We, we're not experts in that, so we usually put them on to um, someone like the EWPAA or someone someone who can actually help them certify their product. But absolutely, it's it's definitely um, a very important requirement to, to get it tested. Yep. Where you go on, Kirsten, that 
that thing about importing your own product. Yep. Remember that the the legal stance for uh, product compliance, when it's not locally manufactured, lands on the importer. So that who becomes legally responsible for the product compliance is the importer, not the offshore producer, not the offshore tester, the importer, the person who is locally able to be pursued by the government. So be very careful when you start thinking about doing your own importing. You take on a huge risk profile in that in that process. LVL is a spectacular material and nothing that we're saying is against LVL as a product. It, it is something we're definitely going to need going forward. Uh, it's a much better way of using the fibre. So don't take any of this conversation as anti-LVL. It's very pro-LVL, but it's pro-right LVL. Thank you very much, Tim. And FTMA members are very lucky that um, we're associated with so many timber companies that are doing the right thing and you can always be guaranteed that if you choose one of our suppliers or our partners, then you can be guaranteed that you've got timber that meets the standards. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, we will be releasing a, a document with the engineered wood products titled Laminated Vin- uh, Veneer Lumber Compliance in Australia and that will be coming out shortly. So thank you very much, gentlemen. No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you. FTMA Australia is serious about ensuring compliance within our industry and when we come across issues which could impact our sector, such as non-conforming products, we work collaboratively across the supply chain to rectify the issue. Recently, we had a situation where a fabricator was using an LBL in trusses which had not been tested by the nail plate companies. FTMA were made aware of the specific job where non-conforming LBL was used in the trusses and we contacted the builder, the certifier, the timber supplier and the fabricator to address the issue. When we had no interest shown at all from the builder and the certifier, we took it further and went to VBA to report the issue as one fall affects us all. Whenever a new LVL product is being used in the frame and trust market, the nail plate company will confirm it has valid compliance certificate and test it for suitability with their connectors solutions and establish teeth capacities that are specific to that product alone. These unique product-specific properties are then added to the trust design software, which provides access to different LVL products, each with its own brand name and set of design properties. As we heard from the engineers, substitution is not allowed for specific LVL, except for instances where connector companies provide technical advice for their design software, allowing substitution of accepted and tested alternative products. As stated in the podcast, this is not against LVL. LVL is a brilliant product. This is simply about ensuring all within the supply chain take their responsibilities seriously by making sure they only use fit-for-purpose timbers. Remember, everyone, one fall affects us all, so please ensure your products are fit-for-purpose and are listed in the Nailplate software. Thanks again for listening to another F&T Time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>